What are the options for the Wild at 21st overall in the upcoming NHL draft? Who could fall to them at that spot? We will discuss that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That is right. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day of the week. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms if you have not already so you don't miss out on any of our great content throughout the rest of the offseason. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. You can download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting joins us as we look at some of the potential options for the Wild at 21st overall in the first round. We'll take a look at some names that could slide to the Wild at 21st, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the possibility of trading up, as well as some players to keep an eye on throughout the rest of the draft as well. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, as mentioned, joined by one of the regular Lockdown Wild contributors, Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting, making his triumphant return to the show today. Gabe, it's June, it's draft season, and uh, I'm sure, as I've seen, uh, a lot of great content from you and just looking at some of these names that will be available, and uh, for everybody that covers the draft, Christmas in June can't beat it yeah absolutely i uh sound like a broken record a bit but i can't believe we're here already it is june the draft is uh not even two weeks away um and this is a big one i i really think this class is one of the greatest the nhl has ever seen and so i cannot wait to get to draft day hear those first 32 names and start thinking about how this projects out over the next decade So let's, we're going to talk about some of the, you know, the more frequently discussed names that the the Wild could have um, at 21, could have their pick of, depending on how things go in front of them. There's always one team that seems to throw a wrench into everybody's plans by doing something out of the ordinary. This year, it'll probably be Chicago, even with the first overall pick, but you never know. Uh, I did want to start, though, by looking at just some names that may fall, that may slip to the Wild at uh, 21st overall, that would potentially be appealing. So, Gabe, are there any names um, to zero in on that could slide maybe from 10 to 15, maybe could slide down into the 20s that the Wild should be keeping an eye on if their names uh, are still there? Yeah. It is a really interesting draft class because it breaks open after a 12-13. I feel like I have a good gauge for how picks will go up until then, but then it's kind of a free-for-all, and uh, that leaves a lot of talent left on the table for Minnesota. Uh, Most namely, I think Oliver Moore is going to catch the eyes of fans. Uh, Ali Moore, as I have so graciously nicknamed him, excuse me, um, is a really high-intensity centerman 
from the US NTDP. I ranked him 16th overall, just a few picks before where Minnesota is uh, selecting. And you're getting everything you want in a player like Oliver Moore. I can't say he's going to have that first line center upside that the Minnesota Wild are looking for, but he's going to have the heart. He's going to have the high, high endurance, and he's got arguably the best skating in this draft class. Makes him a relentless four checker, makes him really quick in the corners, and with a good eye and some solid passing, he becomes a player that Minnesota feels like they could build around. Uh, if I could compare him to any player or prospect from years past, I think I'd point towards Noah Ostland from the 2022 draft. Of course, Minnesota would go on to draft Liam Ogren, one of Ostland's uh, teammates there in Jur Gardens. Um, but Ostland was a popular name among Wild fans as well, and he was popular because of his smooth, quick playmaking ability. Oliver Moore has a little bit to learn if he wants to become that level of playmaker, but he totally has the potential to do it. And uh, because of that, the potential to rise up the ranks in either a center or a left wing role. A lot of flexibility there, but as I mentioned, he doesn't have that ceiling that Minnesota might want. And so if Minnesota is looking to make a home run pick, I think they might have a great chance to do so with the WHL's Braden Yeager. Uh, Braden Yeager, a, an absolutely polarizing name, all draft class. I mean, all season long, this kid's been a point of discussion. He entered the class as an undisputable top 10 name, uh, arguably top five. And uh, he's now falling into people's tens, their teens, their 20s, and even lower. I mean, I've seen some people with him outside the first round. Um that is baffling to me. I ended up ranking him 12th, so still pretty high on him. Uh, but, you know, it all comes with good reason. Jaeger has uh, lost his, his touch a bit this year, to put it lightly. Uh, he doesn't seem as engaged in play. He doesn't seem as inspired to make the highly prolific, skillful plays that he was making last season. Um, and, you know, that changed a bit when playoffs rolled around he seemed to get that burst of spirit back and became that takeover ability that uh, moose jaw wanted him to be all year but is that a, a green flag or a red flag that he only turned it on in the playoffs um there's a lot to like with Braden yeager i think his upside is that of a, a 90 point plus scorer in the nhl i really think he has that ceiling um, but with the lack of intensity that we've seen this year, the floor is uh, about as low as it can get. Um, and then if I could throw one more name out here, sure. someone who uh, may not fall to 21, but an interesting name that Wild fans should keep their eyes on, it's Etienne Morin, uh, the top defenseman out of the QMJHL this year. Morin has been the blight of many public scouts um, often ranked in the second round. I have him at 40, uh, but NHL teams are much, much higher on him. Uh, the NHL Central Central Scouting Services director called Morin the best defenseman in this class, and it's my understanding that a lot of other teams share that opinion. And it wouldn't surprise me if Minnesota was one of those teams. I think Judd Brackett 
usually has his head on a, a little bit tighter than that. But Etienne Morin reminds me a lot of Kyle Masters, another Minnesota Wild prospect who y'all took a couple of years ago. And Masters has developed really well. Yeah, he's lanky. Yeah, his skating probably needs fixed up. And yeah, his offense can be questionable. But as the years are going on, all of that seems to, getting bu- seems to be getting buffed out nicely. Etienne Morin is that same package, but in an arguably first-round talent you know, framework. Uh, he's got the skill. He's got the projectability. The questions are, can an NHL team take him from the very raw, very questionable place that he is now into a highly capable NHL defenseman? I think there are a lot of teams who think that they could, but if I had to stake my hope in any one of them, it'd be the team that's done the same with Kyle Masters. And, um, you know, a a player like Moran, solid shot on the left side, could be nice insurance for Minnesota, who's going through a bit of a cycle on their back end right now. Yeah, those those are intriguing names, and I'm never going to to turn away any sort of dynamic playmaker because – we we need a few of those these days, so uh, I'm I'm fully on board there. We're going to talk about a couple of other names as well. I uh, want to go through Gabe and look at who you have the Wild taking in your latest mock draft. A couple of other names that have been linked to the Wild. We'll just get your opinions on those guys as well, and we'll look at some Foley's finds as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild. After this. Are you tired of feeling restricted in your shorts? Want to look good and feel comfortable at the same time? Look no further than Bird Dogs, the ultimate solution for the modern man. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are specifically designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Say goodbye to baggy, shapeless shorts and hello to the confidence of a tailored fit. Here's the secret. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as those other big-name brands, but they fit way better. No more compromising on comfort or style. They've revolutionized shorts by inventing cloud-knit fabric, a magical blend that looks just like khaki but stretches, allowing you to move freely while maintaining a slim and stylish appearance. But wait, there's more. When you order from birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, you'll receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first purchase. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. Fair word of warning, though. When you put your bird dogs on, I guarantee you are not going to want to take them off. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we continue our player evals next week, and we'll dive into the third-pairing defenseman for the Wild. We got John Merrill. We got Kalen Addison. Brock Faber, John Klingberg, Alex Goligoski. We're going to get them all taken care of next week. So that means there will be uh, a few more than uh, our standard five episodes, but I don't think anybody's going to be uh, upset about that. So make sure that you uh, stay tuned as we continue to evaluate the 2022-2023 season. Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting, our guest today. And Gabe, let's look at your most recent mock draft uh, as to who you ended up taking in uh, in the 21st overall pick and uh, a couple of other players that you uh, you noted could be potentials at that spot as well. Yeah, so with 21st overall, 
I really was not hearing much out of the Minnesota Wild camp. And let me tell you, that is a trend, and it is so stressful. <laughs> Judd Brackett is not only a great scout, he is really, really good at keeping things under wraps. Uh, it's really hard to predict where the Wild are going to go in any one direction. But I had him making a bit of a reach at 21. Uh, in my latest mock draft, which people can find on my Substack or on my Twitter um, I had them selecting Swedish center Otto Stenberg. Otto Stenberg is another prolific name in this draft class. I'm starting to think all 224 will be. Uh, but Stenberg, a really impressive playmaking center, makes good decisions in tight, and he makes them quickly. It's really impressive. Um, but he, he struggled to do it consistently. And it's not that he struggled to do it from game to game. It's that he struggled to do it at all in Sweden. Um, it doesn't seem to matter what league he's playing in. In Sweden, he struggled in league play and has really looked like a, a bit of a dud at times. But once you get him in the triple crowns, once you get him playing internationally, Stenberg looks like an undeniable top 20 talent in this draft class. That's raised a lot of questions about where his upside might lie uh, among public scouts. But there's one thing that we know, it's that NHL teams don't mind struggling in league play nearly as much as they care about performing internationally. They see that as the uh, case where players can really you know, take a stand among their peers, and Stenberg has certainly done that. If the Wild are taking Stenberg early there at 21. They're getting a player that has the potential to really uh, be the glue of a top six line at 10 years down the road. He might not be a stellar addition, but he'll be a player that you want to have on your lineup as opposed to facing him, uh, you know, two, three, four times out of the year. Um, but that is if he can hammer out his inconsistencies, if he can get better at making decisions uh, under pressure, um, you know, when facing those, those professional talents. And so uh, if those facts scare away Minnesota, I also listed two Russian defensemen as potential alternatives for them. I'll pause here real quick and say that there are a handful of teams in the league right now who see this whole Russian factor or Russian detractor, however we want to word it, as nothing but a positive. Uh, they see this as a chance to take really high-end talent in very, you know, value-efficient spots. Uh, Buffalo Sabres are certainly one of them, and I actually had them taking the infamous Matvey Michkov in my mock draft. Uh, but Minnesota is another one, and I think they'll be looking to capture the same value at 21 in either Mikhail Guliyev or Dmitry Simashev. Uh, Simashev, certainly the more popular name right now. He's got a bit more heft on him, is uh, certainly a poised skater, and can do it all in all three zones, even if his scoring results don't uh, prove that too well. Mikhail Guliyev, a much smaller, much skinnier player, uh, but one whose scoring results absolutely do speak to his success. Uh, he had uh, 
arguably the best scoring season we've seen out of an MHL defenseman um, since the league began, uh, which is really impressive. A lot of questions about his ability to defend the rush. I have personal questions about his ability to stay physical enough in the defensive zone. So he has the bite, but kind of gets scared away if he gets overpowered. Um, And those first passes, those quick decisions that you have to make to spark breakouts, uh, organize a clean regroup and move into the zone well, um, are sometimes question marks with Guliaev as well. But whether you take Guliaev or Simashev, you're getting a player that can skate the puck. You're getting a player that you can rely on, uh, put a lot of responsibility on. And I think Minnesota is going to really like that. A lot of you know, potential names that could fall to them. And I think that could change their decision-making as well. And um, like I mentioned earlier, this draft class really is just blown wide open after a 12 or 13. So who knows what Minnesota is looking for, but um, I would stake Stenberg, Guliev, and Simashev as the three players that I'd be trying to learn more about as a Wild fan. Sure. And you, uh, when you mentioned with Simashev, heft, perked my interest because we have kind of a a fit, a model of defensemen for the wild as kind of shorter and, and leaner. And so a little, a little bulk never, uh, never hurt anybody. So that, uh, that perked me up on that. Yeah. I will say for the benefit of the fans, Dmitry Simashev is six, four and 200 pounds. Uh, so he's certainly a beefy kid. Um, and I, I think he'll come over quick, too. That's your. So I think whether you're going Simashev or Guliaev, I don't think there's much worry about that Russian factor that's uh, kind of plaguing every other Russian in this draft class. So uh, an interesting player, um, one that is all over draft boards, similar to just about everyone else. Interesting. Uh, we'll finish with Foley's finds, some later round steals that could potentially be there for teams to take. And uh, that will be how we will finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Picture this. You want to head to the Twins game to watch the Twins play on a gorgeous summer night. So you pull up your favorite ticket website on your phone and you can't find anything at a great value. Buying tickets the day of an event should not be as stressful as it typically is. But game time is here to help with that process. They are the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They offer killer deals on last-minute tickets. Plus, with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. The best thing about Game Time is the seat views that it shows you before you purchase your tickets. That way you know exactly what's in front of you or to your left or to your right, and you never get stuck behind a post not able to see a single second of the action. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day and your go-to source for Minnesota Wild news and information throughout the offseason into next year as well. 
Seth Topal joined by Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting. All right, it is time for Foley's Finds. And Gabe, we will let you highlight a few players in later rounds that you think would be absolute steal picks for whichever team is lucky enough to draft them. Yeah, I will kick this off. All right, I'll work from uh, guys I think will go earlier uh, towards guys that I think will go a bit later. And I'll kick it off with uh, Matthew Mania. He's a right-handed defenseman out of the OHL, so not necessarily a need uh, for the Wild. But as you mentioned earlier, the Wild could afford to add some heft to their blue line. And Matthew Mania brings that in full. He's 6'1 and 180, uh, so decently sized, but he carries a lot of that weight in his shoulders and in his chest. And it, it, it makes guys bounce off of him. I've always been really admired, or I've always really admired, excuse me, um, how he's able to control the defensive zone uh, with just his physicality. And then Mania, his entire trade, is turning up the ice quick with the puck on his stick. He loves having the puck. He loves making plays. And so once he's able to shut down play physically, he can turn it up and make a play happen, turn something into a goal really quickly. There were a lot of questions entering the season about whether Mania was going to really be able to control his positioning enough to be a valuable prospect. And there are still some scouts that say, no, he cannot. He still wanders too much. He still looks a little lost. But I would push back on that just a little bit. I think a lot of the wandering that he does is largely accredited to the league that he plays in. Uh, the defensemen don't have to be as perfectly sound in the OHL as they do in a league like the USHL or in the NCAA, and certainly not as sound as they have to be in pros. Mania is going to have a bit of a learning curve when it comes to adjusting to professional defensive zones and being able to work with professional players, but his ability to control the puck and his physical prowess really makes him an exciting player for me. I ranked him 58th, and I think that's pretty close to the area that he could go in. Um, big defenseman that carries the puck is uh, as about as good of a player as you can be in the eyes of NHL teams. So, you know, who knows how early is too early for Matthew Mania. But if the Wild are looking to go defenseman with one of their second round picks, I think Mania would be a really good selection in that range. Another arguably even better selection, in fact, I have him four spots higher than Mania at 54, is Martin Mishak. I might be butchering that to a degree, and if I am, I'm sure he'll let me know. Uh, but Mishak is a Slovakian center who came over to the USHL uh, midway through the season, played for the Youngstown Phantoms, and was a major part of their championship run. He was, if not their top line center, their second line center, about from the moment he stepped into the Phantoms locker room. And he was able to command that spot because of his ability to control the middle lane of the ice. Mishak doesn't do anything overwhelming. I mean, I guess he has a good shot and I like how he processes play, but he seems to always have just it's such an immense control over that middle lane, the ice. He controls the slot well and does really well at camping in the high slot, waiting for shots. And um, 
that's just it's such a good reliability to have uh, on a line. If the Wild want to continue adding center depth, having a player that you can confidently stick in a low end second line, high end third line role, knowing full well that they will be able to uh, fully command their line mates, control their wingers and uh, really sustain that middle lane in the ice is so valuable, such a great thing to get in the draft, something that usually you have to get via trade. And I think Martin Mishak is exactly the player uh, to fit that role. I will say as well, he came over from Slovakia to the USHL, which is a massive, massive adjustment. The USHL is, of course, a little bit more defense-focused than the CHL, um, but that's still such a big change in terms of pace of play, in terms of the styles of plays that teams are running in all three zones, and in terms of the types of pressure that you feel. Pressure is more direct and head-on rather than being kind of dispersed around you. And Mishak adjusted to all of it within a week of being here. Um, Youngstown could not stop raving about this kid, and I'm with him on the hype. I think he's going to be a really reliable pro player. And now looking more towards the later rounds of the draft, um, I'm going to hop on the, the bandwagon with Tristan Bertucci. Bertucci is a player who uh, was a bit overlooked throughout the, the season because he didn't get the results that many expected from him given his style of play. But despite not getting results, Bertucci continued to hound opponent, opposing teams with his playmaking through the neutral zone. He's another guy who loves having the puck on his stick, knows how to get across that defensive blue line into the neutral zone and figure out play from there. I really admire his skating. I think it's fundamentally sound, while it might not be the quickest. And I think his heads-up skating with the puck is really attractive. He makes plays quick and uh, looks like a player that just has a lot more to give, you know? So I, I have him ranked 96. Uh, some teams, or uh, some ranking outlets, excuse me, have him going as high as like the early second round. But I think he'll be available for the Wild there in the late third, early fourth range. And a left-handed shot defenseman who, again, feels like he has a lot to give. I know we mentioned Kyle Masters earlier in the show. And when Masters was selected, he got taken in that range. He got taken in that range because there was potential there. He wasn't putting the pieces together, but at least he had the pieces. Tristan Bertucci, a bit of a different player. Uh, doesn't have the same defensive prowess, but the same story nonetheless. Lots to like there. Um, and I'll throw out one more name just for the sake of uh, maybe speaking to some of the Minnesota fans on uh, listening to the podcast, but Luke Middlestat, another defenseman that I really, really like late in this draft. Middlestat is committed to the University of Minnesota next season, uh, and I ranked him 106, uh, hefty defenseman, big in his shoulders, doesn't do really anything overwhelming, uh, but he looks like he could step into the NHL next season. Really big fan of how he's been able to string together uh, his physicality, his defensive awareness, 
turn himself into a really reliable back end guy, a guy that you can put out there knowing that nothing's going to happen uh, below your blue line. You know, he, he might not contribute much past that mark, but he's going to be able to stay confident and calm in your own end. A player that I would definitely be looking for around that 100 mark, but a guy that has gone undrafted twice now, I believe twice if I'm getting his age right, um, and might go undrafted again this year. Um, so you could get him as late as, you know, the sixth, seventh round if the cards fall right. And like I said, I think you're getting a guy that looks like an NHL defenseman. Excellent. Well, you've given us plenty of names to consider, Gabe, as we move towards the draft. So we uh, we appreciate that tremendously. Uh, just getting us another step closer to the NHL draft. Listeners, make sure to follow Gabe uh, at Recruit Scouting for his uh, scouting work and uh, also follow him on Twitter as well at NHL Foley. You can see some details about his uh, sub stack there as well. Uh, I can vouch that it is definitely worth the time. So we appreciate the time, Gabe, and uh, that will conclude today's episode of Locked on Wild. So again, thanks for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, we appreciate having you on, and we hope that you stick with us through the offseason into next year as well. If you're an everydayer and you tune in every single day of the week, have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday as well. Either way, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Subscribe on YouTube as well so you don't miss out on any content throughout the week. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.